Hello everyone, this is Julie of the Julie Ducre Show. It breaks my heart to learn of the recent passing of the legendary blues artist Bobby Jones. Bobby and I had became really good friends after his guest appearance on my radio talk show as part of my Blues Legends interview series at Crescent City Radio in 2019. After that interview, it was like we had become best buds. He would call me quite often. I'd call him. We talked about his life in Farmerville, Louisiana, when he left there and moved to Chicago, performing in the Chitlin circuit and becoming the, the king royalty of the blues in Las Vegas, where he recently passed away the end of July of 2020. I've decided to put a great tribute together, deserving of his legacy, to honor such an incredible human being and a great artist and a wonderful friend. The last time I spoke to Bobby was just a few months ago, and he said he was going to send me a copy of his autobiography. Yes, he wrote a book regarding his life story. It is available on Amazon and also goodreads.com. It is called All Because of the Blues. Highly recommend that everybody purchases a copy. So without any further ado, I'm gonna allow you guys to share for the very first time my conversation with the legendary Bobby Jones. Rest in peace, Bobby. I will love you forever. Gone, but never forgotten in my heart. I'm getting set up right now, ladies and gentlemen to go live, so just bear with me in just one moment. I'll be right back. Good morning, everyone. This is Julie Ducre, the host of the Julie Ducre, coming at you live here on the beautiful campus of Loyola University in our city of New Orleans. Welcome. Well, I've missed you guys so much, and as always, I've promised, whenever I'm not here, I'm always going to come back stronger than ever. Today, I present to you my Blues Legends interview series with my special guest, Bobby Jones. So without any further ado, I want you all to sit back, relax, and ride the music because I'm going to be coming back with a great show. Yo 
Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Not only did he give me the lowdown, he gave me the stinky, nasty, and funky blues. Good morning, everybody. This is Julie Ducre, and I'm extremely happy to be back here live at Crescent City Radio Music for Your Mind. It is a beautiful, beautiful, sunny morning here in New Orleans, and I've got to get this camera right. Good morning, everybody. This is Julie Ducre live in the studio. I am broadcasting right now at this moment on two cameras, and uh, I am absolutely loving what I am seeing right now. I like to give an extremely big shout out to our station manager. Wait, let me straighten my glasses. If you are friends with me, on Facebook, Julie Ducre, J U L A Ducre, D U C R E. I'm going to give you a moment to send me a friend request, and uh, hopefully, I'll be able to let you in before I start my interview with the extraordinary blues legend Bobby Jones, who's going to be calling in from Las Vegas, Nevada. That is where he lives and performs these days. He has recorded over 200 songs, and I think that he is a little bit early. Um, they are two hours behind our time, but we're going to go ahead and get him in. Good morning. Welcome to the Julie Ducre Show. This is your host, Julie Ducre. Well, hello, Julie Ducre. Well, good morning. You know what? Yesterday when we spoke, I said, oh, I think you were a few minutes, uh, your your clock was a few minutes off, and I think that I'm a few minutes, <laughs> a few minutes off this morning. Okay. Uh, but I love it. I love it when an artist is on time. That's a beautiful thing. Um, so how are you feeling this morning, Bobby Jones? I feel like the king that I am. You are the king, and shall I say the one and only Bobby Jones. Can I say yes. that? Yes. Thank you for gracing my radio talk show this morning. This is your first time here, and I just want to say that I feel privileged and honored to have you here as my esteemed guest for my very first Blues Legend interview series. So thank you so very much. You're very welcome, Julie. What I'd like to do, I'd like you to introduce yourself to your fans who are watching the Julie Ducre show on Julie Ducre on Facebook and also watching uh, Big G Artist Agency Agency's broadcast on YouTube. Who is Mr. Bobby Jones? Well, my name is Bobby Jones. I was born in a little town called Louisiana, Farmerville, Louisiana. It's between Monroe and Gramlin. Um, I'm, I've been running around this big world for quite some years. I won't give numbers because it scares me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's been a beautiful run, and I'm—you don't know how glad I am, how proud I am to be talking to you this morning. I'm a thank I'm a you. Sing, I'm a blues singer, but I'm a I'm I'm a I'm a I'm specialized in blues, but I'm a singer. I sing. 
Frank Sinatra if I had to. I'm I'm way well rounded that way, but but uh, blues is my specialty. So you are a singer. You can sing. You yes, know, ma'am. like uh, and and. And, I, and and let, let me say this now. Let me throw this disclaimer out, okay, before I piss anybody off. Remember, did you ever watch the Ike and Tina Turner story? Now, that was from uh, I, Tina's review, uh, a point of view, obviously. You know how they say it, there are three sides to every story, right? There are three sides. Do you believe there are three sides to every story? Yes. Well, if you saw that movie, they were in a diner. and uh, <laughs> Eat the cake. Eat the cake. Anime, and you know, I I could hear that in my head, like sing, Bobby, sing. Did anybody ever tell you that when you were a small child growing up, when they heard that beautiful voice, sing, Bobby, sing? No, they used to tell me to shut up. <laughs> That's funny. It's the truth. It's the truth. I was, you know, my my grand my I was raised by my grands, you know, so they had not a clue about what we're doing at this point in life. You know, what you and I are doing right now, they they never, you know, they could never pick that up in their brain. So uh, my granddaddy was quite a mean guy, and he was, um, he would always tell me to shut up all that noise. But I tell you what did happen, Julie. I, I got a job after I got out of the service. I got a job at the steel mill in Chicago. I moved to Chicago. Um, and while I worked, did my job, I, I would sing songs. So now that's where the sing Bobby come from. Sing Bobby. Bobby sing. Sing, make us feel better. Bobby, you need to go and sing. You sing better than most of these people in Chicago. You know? <laughs> so I grabbed onto that. After a while, I thought, well, um, all these people can't have bad ears, you know. So that's where it all came together in Chicago, under muddy waters and with Junior Wells and Buddy Guy and Otis Rush and all these guys, you know, they took me under their wings and and said, man, you got something. So that's, they pushed me to the level that I am today. And I thank God for that. And I thank them every time I talk to them. Amen to that. Now, when you were growing up, you said in Farmerville, Louisiana? Yes. Where is that located, approximately? Is it near, like, Monroe? Yes. It's, it's, it's between Monroe and Gramlin and Monroe and Eldorado, Arkansas. It's okay, out in the country. Oh, it's so a, you were a country a little, boy. It's a tiny little town. Had a couple of stoplights, you know. But I, live, I didn't live in the town, but my mail came through that, you know, to the, to the, to, that was my, uh, that's how I did my business, through Farmerville, Louisiana. But I lived way out in the country. You know, I lived about, <clears throat> excuse me, about, 
about 15, 12, 15 miles from there, from, from the little town, you know. But uh, that was, Farmerville was the place, you know, was, was my home stamp. They put the Farmerville stamp on me. That Farmerville stamp. What was it like for you as a small child growing up? Well, um, it was it was quite um, strange because some other people thought that uh, you shouldn't be there. You know, that you think you should thought you should stay out in the country and not come to town. So there was pickling uh, and. Uh, um, name calling and I I even got spit on one time. Are you referring to uh, uh, racism? Because right now we're, we're in such a high political climate. Uh, I was watching uh, something on YouTube last night and there was a story recently regarding a, a two a Hale stu- uh, graduate, graduate students who the police were called on because one girl was sitting in her dormitory on a higher floor uh, writing her, a thesis or something. She had her laptop, her backpack, her computer. Well, computer's a laptop. She had her books, backpack, and laptop, cell phone, sitting on a couch, writing a thesis, studying, and she fell asleep. And a uh, white female approached her, and uh, she, you know, called the police and... The African-American female felt she was being harassed. I don't know if she was being harassed, but she was subjected to things that uh, most uh, white Americans would not be in terms of having to prove that you have the right to be there. You know what I mean? And, you know, I think that the police were kind of put in a bad situation, in my opinion, because we all know that when police officers are called, it's their job to investigate, you know, uh, investigate, and, you know, she wasn't arrested, but she felt publicly humiliated. And as a woman of color myself, I definitely can understand how this young woman uh, felt. Imagine here, I'm on the radio station, and another broadcaster doesn't know who I am, sees me standing outside of the door and calls 911 and they come and you know I have to show my driver's license and it's still not enough and I have to log on to my account and let them listen to 10 years of beautiful broadcasting at Crescent City Radio and then still that's not enough and you're still having to prove and prove and constantly prove that you are who you say you are and then finally they let you go it does something to your your psyche you know, it well, does something that, that chips away. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? That's, that I totally agree in that, but that's that's not that's not by accident. That's a plan. That's been the plan since back in back in the slavery early early years of slavery. That's it's another form of slavery. Is what it is. That's exactly what it is. Well, I think that we all need to do our part, people of all colors, because there's only one human race. I think that people need to stop being afraid and try to understand folks. And then maybe, you know, we can all come together and live on this one planet. There is one planet. 
There are one plenty for white people, one plenty for black people, Asian, Indian, everything. And until people stop being so afraid, you know, it's like fearing, you know, the black man or fearing the black woman or the black children. This is never going to stop. There are a lot of good people in all different colors. I know some bad black people and I know some bad white people. Okay, that's just the bottom line. And I think through over you know, 400 years of bondage, especially from that recent ridiculous comment that uh, Kanye West made. Did you hear about what Kanye West said, that slavery was a choice? What, what do you think about that, Bobby? Well, I, you know, Kanye is, is a man that I try hard not to listen to. I try hard not to indulge in his lifestyle because he can say some of the craziest things uh you, the funniest thing is he was raised up in chicago right you know like i was basically raised up in chicago after louisiana you know because i was just 20 i was 22 when i got to chicago i don't know i've heard some things about kanye but i wouldn't have never i would I would never hear it myself because when I see him, I click my television. And it's not out of hate. It's out of uh, not understanding him, you know. That, that's the, you know that's, it rubs me the wrong way he does. Well, you know what? I think that in my personal opinion, and I'm so happy to have this opportunity to speak openly and freely about it for the first time. I had, uh, I'm had i the administrator in the official radio broadcasters group on Facebook, and I posed some questions. I did a poll. Nobody, maybe one or two people participated, but I wanted to ask folks, how do you feel about you know the freedom of speech? Because yes, he has that freedom to say whatever he wants to f- uh, say. However, I feel that when you are especially in the public eye, that you are accountable for everything that you say and everything that you do, because especially on the level that Kanye West is, people look, a lot of young people, a lot of young white kids, young black kids, Asian kids, look up to him as a role model, and you can say the wrong thing to just kind of make yourself relevant or to sell up-and-coming, you know, digital downloads, because it's my understanding that he has a new... Uh, album coming out, but I believe that Kanye has some strong, deep-rooted issues because he is a dark-skinned black man, right? Money never makes the man because if you are not strong within, you could have a billion dollars, but if you are not strong within yourself and you do not have that love of self that is required to keep you grounded, then you're going to say ridiculousness like that. Do you agree with that statement I just said? totally agree with that i totally agree um if you know if 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 you if you you i know i i have some friends that's millionaires you know 10 times are over and most of them have this same kanye west uh you know persona persona about him about them i should say so what you just said is a powerful statement, and it's very true. And I thank God for you. 
And I thank God for you. And I just want to say to every person, every white person, every black person, every Native American, Asian people, Spanish people, we are all one. We have got to stop looking at the color of a person's skin first. And like Martin Luther King said, and you know some of those famous words, right, Mr. Jones? For sure. It's not by the what? It's not by the color of the skin. That's right. But the con, what the content or the content, contents, of, contents, the contents of the character. Of the character. Right. Yes, and ma'am. that's what it's all about. Now let's get back to Formerville, Louisiana. <laughs> Formerville, <laughs> Louisiana. Uh, Bobby, were you raised in a church? Did you go to Baptist church? Because let me tell you, a, when when I hear your I was, voice, I can hear I was Baptist a, I, blues and I gospel. I was a junior junior deacon at my church. Oh, really? I was, yeah, I was a junior deacon out there in that country. Um, um, also, I had a quartet. I had a, uh, four, four singers with me. Everybody had a quartet back then, you know. Um, you know, like the, I, everybody, everybody, and, and they had no music. They just, they we sung together. Do you recall one of one of the one of your favorite songs that you sang? Um. Oh, let's see. Um. Oh my God! But I can't. It's hard for me to pull it up right do, now. Do you recall go? Tell it on the mountains. Do you recall that song, Bobby? Of course. Yes. That was Mahel. Was that Mahalia Jackson? Yes. And then everybody sung it. Right. Yeah, right. that was Mahalia. I knew Mahalia. You knew Mahalia. Yeah. When did you and Mahalia Jackson meet? I met Mahalia with Mr. Jesse Jackson. And Pop Staples, um, Mr. Jesse Jackson was having a, a, an expo in Chicago. And, you know, at that time, Mr. Jackson was very popular. And at that time, my brother was a, was a, a Blackstone Ranger. If you, you probably don't know who those guys were. Well, well can you can can you care to elaborate about who who are the Blackstone Rangers? I've never heard okay. of it before. The Blackstone Rangers was a was a gang was a was a street gang, you know that sort of ran sort of ran the black part of Chicago through Mayor Daly. Mayor Daly was our mayor. I've heard of Mayor Daly, yes. Yes, and then when he passed away, his son became the mayor. But uh, that's how I met. Uh, I've always, I don't know, I get, I've always somehow got got thrown in the pot with celebrities. I bet you I know every singer in this country and every with more singers than musicians, you know. Well, let's talk about that. How many how many years have you been in this industry? About 50? 50. 50. Woo! I need to I need to get some mega powerball tickets because I hit it like 5 
zero 50 years that is extraordinary but let's go back let's back it up just for a quick moment so you were in the youth choir a baptist youth choir can you tell us meaning your listeners and all the fans blues fans around the world how old were you when you said oh wow i love some blues music who were some of the people uh blues artists back then that you listened to um out the you know there was a radio station you being in the radio business you might know uh John R John yeah. Richburg yes. out of Tennessee mm-hmm. and and um Gene Noble mm-hmm. the, those were the they, those were the two people that played the black music after nine o'clock at night. So now the people that was hot was like Johnny Ace, Buddy Ace. Yes. Um, um, Charles Brown, B.B. Uh, King had yes. came on the scene. Uh, Bobby Bland came on the scene. Uh, man, oh. And, and you see... The people that I just called off, I know all of them. I used to ride around with BB King and Bobby Blaine. Did you uh, did you get a did you get a chance to go to BB King's funeral? I did in no, I uh, Indianola. No, I was I was in Oslo, Norway. You were in Norway? Oh, yeah. Hey guys, I told you guys this is a this this man has been around the world. I am bringing you the very best of the best entertainers right here on Crescent City Radio Music for Your Mind. And I really want to say thank you, Jay Crudy. Jay Crudy is our station's manager. I don't know any station manager who works harder than Jay Crudy. Jay Crudy is what keeps this radio station on. This is the reason why we have a radio station post-Hurricane Katrina is because of our station engineer and also the head of faculty here at the Munich Communications Building. And I see that Jay Crudy is getting lots and lots of love. Sometimes when you work in the background, you're not getting recognized. So I just want to take this small opportunity and just say thank you, Jay, for everything and all that you do. Now, I want to go back a little bit further with you, Bobby Jones. <laughs> I have to say that. Bobby Jones, J-O-N-E-S, or A-K-A, J-O-N-Z. However you want to spell it. He yeah. is the baddest, one of the baddest. Blues legends. I'm speaking with the legend, guys. Do you guys understand how big this is? It's not every day that one will have an opportunity to speak with someone who has made a significant part in the world's, creating the world's best music, best blues music, okay? When I was growing up and I, I, I didn't understand the blues, I didn't like the blues. But let me tell you, and Bobby, I want you to tell everybody what the blues means to you. But I'm going to tell you what the blues became to me. As a young child growing up, I didn't listen to the blues. My parents did, and I was like young and ignorant and dumb. Oh, I don't like this kind of music. I want to listen to Michael Jackson. I want to listen to the Jackson 5. I want to listen to Diana Ross, all these other people, Shaka Khan. I didn't want to listen to no blues. As I got older and started having some bad relationships and feeling the blues, 
Yes. It was like it was like this light came on and the bell went off in my head like ding 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 ding. <laughs> that yes. low down. And I wrote a song called Low Down Dirty Blues. But <laughs> Bobby, can you tell your fans around the world what is the blues? What does the blues mean to you? The blues the blues carries me through life. I for some reason, you know, my grandmother raised me. She raised me. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't get high. All these years, I've never done that because of my grandmother. I promised I wouldn't, so I don't, you know. So, but I think, I don't, I hope God don't spank me for this. I think that I changed from gospel, because the gospel, gospel makes me feel this same way that the blues does. You know, when I sing the blues, sometimes you can see my eyes fill up with tears. And when I sing gospel, <laughs> there's no doubt you'll see it run down my face. So, uh, uh, it it's a strong meaning. It's I my my granddaddy used to abuse me, so that's one part of the blues. He used to throw my food in my plate from where he was sitting, like a biscuit. My grandmother used to make biscuits. He would throw a biscuit in my plate from where he was sitting. I was a little kid. I was I was um, well. I had just came from from you know. My mother had fifteen children. But I didn't know her. But now here's what happened. My mother, I'm I'm changing your subject, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Listen, let me interrupt you for a moment. Hey, Bobby, let me interrupt you. This is not about me. This morning is about you. So you do your thing. Okay, so here's, when I was three months old, well, my mother was working for these white folks, okay? the Pickens family over in uh, Dubox, Louisiana. Uh, she was pregnant with picking cotton. She had a nine-foot cotton sack, and she had the baby there in the cotton house. If I tear up a little bit on this, don't hold it against me, okay? Oh, no, no. Uh, she had the baby, which was me, a little redhead baby, little red ugly, funny-looking baby, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad I grew up and got real dark and, and, and fine-looking. Ah. <laughs> yeah, fine. But, fine as wine. He, thank you, darling. Listen, my, 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 so my, my mother was trying to work and make ends meet for whatever reason the other children, you know. So this white woman, she was kind of looking after me, so she asked my mother, uh, to give her, to give me to her, and my mother just handed her to her, hand me to her. So they kept me until I was nine years old. Oh, that's extraordinary! Yeah, kept me till I was nine. You wow. know, and then that's how I got with my grandparents. They found out that I was over there. You know. So I, well, what was I, it like as a young child, you know, growing up in a white family, a young black child for that? Well, family? it was it 
there was no difference. I couldn't, you know, being my age, I couldn't see any difference, you know. Wow. I, I couldn't see any difference. There might have been, but I ate the same thing. We ate at the same table. Slept, slept, I slept. I had a, I had a room of my own, mm. you know, a bed of my own. That's a beautiful story. That is yes, such a beautiful story. It, it's just an example to people who are watching Jule Ducre uh, with the blues legend Bobby Jones that all, you, all, all it requires is just opening up your heart. Yes, it is. You know, because we hear we, we're almost halfway, well, we are halfway through 2018, and it's like the... The political climate has escalated, the, ra the racial climate, and, and the, now you have these youngsters bombing and shooting people up in schools. It's just a horrible, horrible situation. It just requires to just open up your heart and give people a chance, you know. Now, you let's, know, uh, no, go ahead. You know, Julie, um, my, I have a girlfriend that... Um, um, she's, she frowns at the fact that I give a little too much to people, you know, like money or a ride or, you know, <laughs> she, she fusses about that. Say, I, I wouldn't take them nowhere. They didn't buy me no gas. <laughs> I said, but listen. I have to always remember what my grandmother told me. God is watching me. God's got his eyes on you and me and the whole world. Uh, if you, I don't know if you know, do you know about the volcano? Yes, I've been watching news footage, but I have not uh, seen any recent updates. Yeah, it's so, it's so dangerous. You know, the Bible says that it'll it'll be fire this time. I think that's where the fire. I think that's what it's tuning up for. You know, because it is it is furious. You know, so. But anyway, you know, all we gonna all we gonna do is do what God wants, because whatever he he he's just like your daddy at home. The way he raised you and, and, and chastised you, that's the same thing that God in heaven does. He just does it differently, you know. Yeah. Let's talk about, let's talk about the Chitlin Circuit. Because I'm sure if you have been in the music business for 50 years, you know exactly what I'm talking about, the Chitlin Circuit. Bet on it. Can I've you? Been, I'm sorry. Can you describe some of the most difficult times doing that portion of your life? Because is is my understanding from the young lady who is assisting you in editing your book, ladies and gentlemen, Bobby Jones is uh, has written a book. And hey, Bobby, what is the title of your book? All Because of the Blues. All Because of the Blues. And when do you expect the book to be released? 
about the about the middle of June. Yeah, that's what she said. Shout out to Mary. Thank you, Mary, for making this interview possible and working with me and getting me all the information that I needed to move forward. Okay, um, so you are a man of history. You were involved in the Chitlin Circuit. Can you explain to our listeners and our viewers what was the Chitlin Circuit? What was that and what was it like? Well, it was it wasn't hard for me because I all I, I had just I have I, I had known hard all my life so it was just just a cruise for me you know it was just I know in other words I know what God is doing so it makes my life much easier you know it makes my roads much easier to travel. But the chilling circuit was <clears throat> was 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 um, something like the world is now. I mean, it was um, people were people were angry. They were nasty. It was when I mean nasty, I mean they would work all day and come. They work all day Friday and come Friday night with the same clothes on. Uh, and have a, a, a pint of whiskey in the back pocket, and a and, and a handkerchief hanging out of the, of the pocket, the other pocket. And if somebody stepped on somebody's foot, then it was on. I mean, it was there was no <laughs> there was no forgiveness, you know. Uh, I I I bust I busted him in his mouth. He stepped on my shoe, my <laughs> you know my foot. So and and it, as far as the bands went and the club, let me tell you, describe most of the clubs. They were small. They had no suction fans. The smoke lingered you know it lingered so um you you if you went to the chitlin circuit uh and and, and listen to this most of us just love that we just love what was going on and that's amazing but that's the truth i used to work at the steel mill i I would wear a suit to work and wear and and, and, and and when I work change my clothes when I get to work and um when I get off I'd put on take a shower and put on my my suit again and go straight to the chitlin circuit. I'd make some rounds, it would two or three two or three, four or five chitlin circuits. And they had a band in every one of them. <laughs> people like Muddy Waters and Lil Walter and 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 Otis Rush and Junior Wells and Buddy Guy and you know and it wasn't many lady singers through my upcoming 
through the Chitlin Circuit. There wasn't many ladies. Well, I believe there were like the uh, Supremes back then and Aretha Franklin. They didn't play the Chitlin Circuit. They didn't play the Chitlin Circuit? No, they was big. I, well, no, I mean, I'm talking about early, early, early on because I remember watching a documentary and uh, I remember when uh, Aretha Franklin, you know, left the church and started. It was my understanding that she did the, I don't know how long she did it, but she did the Chitlin Circuit because what I wanted you to do is pretty much explain what is the Chitlin Circuit because back then that was before uh, segregation and black artists usually, typically, would play in black, it's usually black clubs and it was very difficult for the, for them to get a hotel room and sometimes they may be playing, let's just say, 200 miles in this town and then they have to drive another 289 miles somewhere else just to get hotel rooms because they were not able because of the fact that, you know, it was whites only, that they could not stay in uh, the hotels in that particular town. That, that was that my is, understanding. That, that is true. That is very true. But it, uh, people, the, the artists, you know, and, 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 and they had they had they had a hard time getting gas for their vehicles. Especially, and you know, uh, there was a company in Chicago called Chess Records. I've heard of them. And they call it Cadillac Records in the movie. Right. Okay. So, uh, and you know, he gave all of his artists the, the ones that was prosperous, bringing in lots of money for him. He gave them Cadillacs, so most of the guys, would, when they went down south, they'd be driving Cadillacs. So back then, it was like a, a mortal sin <laughs> for a black man to be driving a Cadillac. I can only so, imagine. So now, when they, hey, Bobby, so they, yes, Bobby, let me interrupt you. This is very okay. important. This is okay. very important. When you say they gave them Cadillacs. Did they give them the title, or did they give them Cadillacs to drive? Well, uh, Howlin' Wolf got his title. Um, uh, the guy that wrote all those blues songs, I forget his name right now, but I knew him very well. Muddy Waters? No, he didn't write the songs that... The, um, the guy that played the upright bass, um, he made uh, he he wrote he made a great big song out of Wang Dang Doodle. Oh yes, I know you talk. I can't think of his name, but yeah, I'm yeah. familiar with this guy. Right. Okay. So, um, but but the the, the stupid guys he, they he left they they left them stupid, you know. You, if you wanted a Cadillac and you didn't have sense enough to make a deal, then when your record died, you your, your Cadillac died. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it happens even in today's uh, in today's industry. You know, you see these rappers wearing all that bling, all the bling bling. Hey, they got that hundred thousand or hundred and fifty thousand dollar Roly on their wrist, right? They yeah. they, they, they driving all of these fine cars, right? Then yeah. all of a sudden one day, 
you hear about the rapper is homeless. The rapper doesn't have any money. Uh, the record company says, wait a minute, you don't own that house. That's my house. That's you don't right. Now, allegedly, I don't know how true it is, allegedly, Tupac, remember Tupac, the rapper Tupac? Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly, Tupac thought he, at that time, I think around 1994-ish, whatever, he, it was alleged that he was worth $24 million. But after his death, allegedly, his mother, Afini Shakur, may she forever rest in peace, determined that he had maybe $100 in his bank account. And the home, that mansion... That he that Tupac lived in was allegedly in the name of Death Row Records in all the vehicles. So this should be a lesson to artists, right? Read yeah. the contract. Yes. Hey, I'm gonna play some some of your great music in a moment, but I want to ask you: uh, during your time uh, doing the Chitlin Circuit, did you ever have a chance to meet Ray Charles? Yes. What was that experience Ma like? Ray, Ray was so funny. Uh, he was more of a comedian. You know how great a singer he was and musician. He was much funnier than all of that. <laughs> he was so funny when he talked to you. And he, there was one incident that I need to tell you. He was playing at the Regal Theater in Chicago. He was the headliner. So he had finished his show, and he had a chauffeur, of course, because he couldn't see. So he kept saying, tell that boy to come on. I'm, I'm hungry. Kept hollering out the car, tell that boy to come on. So the guy was talking to some girl because Ray couldn't see him and, you know, what he was doing. So he was taking his time. Ray I know what the, I, I know I know what I do, you know. He stuttered. I I, I know what I do. I I drive and and go get me something to eat myself. Blind, a blind got, man driving, right? He got under the wheel. <laughs> now I want to tell you, this man drove down that street a block. There was cars very close. There was just a half an arm away from him, about an arm, length away, an arm length away from him. He got in that car, and that guy was running down the street, wait, Ray, wait, Ray, wait, Ray, wait, wait, you can't do this, Ray, Ray. He said, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, you you wasn't going to help me, why don't you go on back to, I know you was with some gal, so go, go on back and get with her and let me find me another driver. He fired him right there on the spot. You know, Ray uh, Ray allowed that, you know, the story you're telling me right now? Yes. He included that in the Ray movie. Did you did you see that movie? No. I yes. just saw the movie. Do you mean with Jamie Foxx? Yes. He included <clears throat> that. He included that. Oh, by the way, one of your fans... Andrea L.B. Wing, she's with Detroit Hot Radio. She is watching and listening right now. She says the uh, the person that wrote Dang Doodle is Willie Dixon. That's him. Thank you, That's Andrea. Exactly. We love you. Thank you. That's exactly <coughs> who it is, Big Willie Dixon. Willie Dixon. Now, 
Let me ask you one more question, and then we're going to play some music, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to chat a little bit further. Um, during your 50 years in the music industry, what have really been some of the most exciting times for you, and one, what has been some of the most worst times for you? Um, well, my, my childhood was my worst. My my getting my footage in Chicago was next to the worst. Mm. And uh, when I got picked up by uh, Maury Alexander and Bill Lassley, who recorded me, and, um, you know, I got some meaty, meaty, some, some many hits, but it, but I, I could work on it. So that was, that was the first stepping stone. And then I changed from stuff like Chuck Jackson and Jerry Butler and those guys, okay? I changed from that to, uh, 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 B.B. King, Bobby Bland, Muddy Waters, and, and then all the blue stuff. So um, that's when the best part came. Um, Randy Chortkoff, we had a group called the Manish Boys, okay, and I was the, the lead singer. <clears throat> so we toured all over. We Spain, Paris, Oslo, Norway, uh, a, a little town called Dusseldorf. I have been there, by the way, Dusseldorf. No, you haven't. Yes, I have been there. Dusseldorf? Yes, when no, I was on vacation. <laughs> I really have. I'd be doggone. I, I like that little place. I do, too. Yeah. Did you eat any of the... Uh, I fell in love when I went to o overseas... But I still have trouble pronouncing it correctly. So, fans, Jule Ducre fans, don't get upset. Wiener Switzel, whatever. <laughs> what a Wiener Snitches? Yeah, it's, I think they call it Wiener Switzel or Wiener Schnitzel, whatever. It's a very thinly, thinly sliced pork. And they batter it in, in, with flour and they fry it in a lot, a lot, a lot of Wiener Switzel. Schnitzel, Wiener Schnitzel, something like that. And oh. they fry it in uh, butter, lots and lots and lots in butter. And you eat it as a side with pasta or something like that. Wiener Schnitzel. Okay. I, I never can say that, but I ate a okay. whole lot of that. Is that right? I yes. Didn't, I didn't try that. Oh, you did? I tried everything. <laughs> I, I said, if he doesn't kill me, I'm going to try it. I know. You, you sound like you would. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. And yeah, they had to yeah. hold me back. They said, oh, no, no. I said, no, nah, I'm going to try a little bit of everything. I didn't try any <laughs> drugs, though. I did not. Across from our hotel was uh, a store because, you know, over like in Switzerland, you know, you can go just walk out the door and go buy some marijuana. It's yeah. free. But I just wanted to go in the store and see. And... My sister was like, no, girl, we're not going to go to a pot store. I said, you don't have to go. I'll go. I just want to see. You know, oh, you might get a contact. You know, you might catch high just walking in the store. And I said, I'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't. it turns out we didn't go. 
Okay. You've had such an extraordinary life. So what I want to do to celebrate you this morning, then we're going to come back. So don't go nowhere, Bobby Jones. For those of you who are just tuning in, this is your host, Julie Ducre, having a wonderful, wonderful conversation uh, with the legendary blues artist, Bobby Jones. This is my first blues legendary interview series. Uh one quick question, Bobby Jones, and when we come back, I want to speak with you in this regard. Is my understanding that Pete Peterson worked with you on an album? Is that true? Very true. I, I want to talk about that project. I want to talk about how the you and Pete Peterson meet. For those of you who do not know who Pete Peterson is, when Motown Records... Uh, Move Motown from Hitsville, Detroit, to Los Angeles, California. At some point in time, Pete Peterson became the chief financial officer for Barry Gordy. And he stayed with uh, Motown for 27 years, uh, right up until the time when Motown, I think, when Barry sold. Barry Gordy sold Motown, I think, for, what, 60-some million dollars or something like that. Don't quote me on it. But Pete Peterson then went ahead and found Peterson Boys Music Group or something like that in Desert Sounds Records. And he started working with some of the best, some of the top blues artists. And uh, Bobby Jones is one of them. Shout out to Chuck Roberson in Madison, Florida. He, you know, he worked with Chuck on The Devil Made yeah. Me Do It yeah, uh, album. I so I want to talk with you, Bobby, regarding working with Pete Peterson because Mary tells me there is a mention in your book regarding Pete Peterson. How cool is that? Hey, listen. Pete Peterson took me under his wing and took me to... Uh, wherever he lived in Georgia, I think it was, uh, wherever he lived. And I, he, he put me up in a hotel. I wrote songs, some of the songs, that song that ain't got no proof album. Um, um, I, you know, when people, there are people always talk about people. When I hear people say things about Pete Peterson, I said, I don't know the one you met. <laughs> but the one I met, the one I know, is B-E-A-U-T. Absolutely. I love you know? I love me some Pete Peterson. Me, me I too. love me some Pete Peterson. And I want to tell you this, Miss Julie, I'm going to tell you this. He's one of the richest black men in this country. I know that he is. And that's yes, not man. why I love Pete Peterson. Oh, no. It don't have nothing to do with it. I know he's know. one of the richest black men in this country. I definitely know that. But I love, actually, I love actually, him because of his heart. You know, just yeah, he's right. always wanting to help people. You know what he yeah. said to me? He said, Julie Ducre, before I leave this earth, I'm going to help make you famous. <laughs> <laughs> And he will. That's what he said. He and will. Pete, if you're listening, I love you. I am ready. And, and I and I, I guarantee you, he's listening in in the Philippines. Oh, <laughs> shout out to and his beautiful wife, and their beautiful children out there. Yes, They're just yes. Just, he got a little boy that's un amazing. Yes. So what I like to do, 
I was going through uh, some of the selections. She sent me like 16 songs. I just said, just send me whatever you can. Send me a bunch. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick one of my favorite songs. Okay. The one that I've chosen right now to play is called Born at Night, but not what? Not last night. All right, now. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to be right back with the blues legend, Bobby Jones, live here on the Jule Ducre Show at Crescent City Records. Or shall I say Crescent City Radio? Woo! Music for your mind. Sorry, y'all. Turn that monitor up. <laughs> I hope I didn't bust anybody's eardrums. Uh, I'm going to play another song. Okay. Uh, I love that song. And I want to I want to get one more song in that uh, Mary sent to me. And to turn this monitor down just a little bit. Sometimes I get a little excited when I'm in the studio and I'm really feeling it. 
You have another song, uh, Bobby, called Come Home. Ooh, Come Home with Tonight. What does that mean? Come Home with Me Tonight. Oh, Come Home with Me Tonight. Oh, she wrote Come Home Tonight. So I'm going to play that one, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit further. Is that okay with you? Yes. I want everybody to keep it right here. Don't go anywhere, because this is your host, Julie Ducre. This is how I make radio cool again on Crescent City Radio. Music for your mind. I'll be right back. Now we're about to take this nice and easy. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I did it again, and my apologies. My apologies. Um, Bobby Jones. Yes. I hope I didn't blow your ear your ear out with that one. I had to turn the monitor. You know, that song did something to me. That song really. Which one? 
Woo, come home with me tonight. What were you thinking? Did you write that song? Yes. What were you, what were you thinking about when you wrote that song? Or who were you thinking about? When I was you wrote I was that thinking song? about uh, uh you know, being alone somewhere and uh, there there's no connection with anyone and then all of a sudden you pull up in your car and stop and there's this pretty woman standing right there waiting to cross the street. Mm. And my goodness gracious. And it went crazy from there. That's a pretty song. Who are some of the musicians that you've worked with over the years? Oh, my Lord. Oh. Mm. Oh. Well, who are, who are some of the musicians that you're currently working with? I mean, I get it. Your career spans 50 years. So so, so who are some of the musicians uh, that you currently work with when you tour? Oh, I'm working with... Uh, uh, my band is called the Chicago Machine. Blues Machine. Chicago Blues Machine. It's Coco Taylor's old, old name for her, for her band, because her, her nephew plays drums for me. And, uh, you know, she passed away. And um, uh, Ricky Williams, bass player from Chicago, they're all from Chicago. And... Uh, the guitar players is uh, Honey Davis, and the keyboard player is uh, um, Detroit Mike. Detroit Mike. Detroit Mike. Yeah, he's hey, from Detroit. Hey, listen, I I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, we're we're running out of time. Can I have a part two? interview with you let me say this to you I don't even I've never seen you but your spirit tells me that you can have anything you want oh I like that that sounds so good thank you so what I'm gonna do after this interview I'm gonna give you a call if you have a quick moment after my show after it wraps okay. up and we'll pick a date, and then you'll come back on for part two. But I want to, before we go, I just want to talk real, real quickly uh, about the album that Pete Peterson uh, produced for you. What was the name of that album? You Ain't Got No Proof. You, ooh, You Ain't Got No Proof. That's bad yeah. to the bone. So when we come back for the part two uh, Blues Legends interview series, I like to play some of that music. I'm a big, big, big fan of uh, Pete Peterson's music. I mean, the quality of it is always great. I'm a huge fan of Bobby Jones. So what I'm going to do, Bobby, I'm going to close out with one of your songs. Is that okay? Yes, ma'am. Is there anything you want to say to your fans who are tuned in around the world right now? What do you want to say to them? Oh, man. On behalf of Julie Ducre. Thank you, guys. Thank you for hanging in there with us. Because Julia's beautiful. 
and have is, is working at something great. She needs the support. I'm I'm not beautiful, but I'm singing something great. I need the support, and actually, we all need support each other. So God bless you all. Take care of yourself, and 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 be. And, and and if you see a friend out there without a smile, give them one of yours. Oh my God, that's beautiful. And I just want to say thank you. And I just love you. I respect you. I admire you. And I can't wait to have you on again for another one hour. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to close out my show with the Bobby Jones song, ladies and gentlemen. It's called... There's a rat loose in my house. <laughs> yes, indeed. There's a rat loose in my house. So, so Bobby, we'll talk in just a few minutes. Okay. All right. Be good now. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was the amazing Bobby Jones legend. He has recorded over 200 songs in his career. He has multiple albums, multiple. So I'm going to get him back on for part two. And I just want to say I promise to be back next Saturday, same place, same time, 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. If you're listening to me on TuneIn Radio, I need you guys to follow me, J-U-L-A-D-U-C-R-E. Follow me. That way you can get notifications when I'm going to be on air. Uh, I am broadcasting on Big G Artist Agency's YouTube channel. That video is going to be there. As soon as I finish this broadcast, you can go to YouTube, go to Big G Artist Agency. Also, if you want to be my friend on Jule Ducre Facebook page, hit me up. Official Jule, J-U-L-A, Ducre, D-U-C-R-E. I believe in keeping it real, keeping it 100 and walking with love, walking in, in, in faith, walking in strength, and knowing that if you put your best foot forward in life, the rest is going to be easy. And remember to stay in your lane and do you. Never worry about what other people are doing because they are not you and you are not them. So I am going to go ahead and I'm going to close this show with Bobby Jones and we'll talk. Thank you for tuning in to the Jule Ducre Show. Have a beautiful weekend, everybody. Peace and love always. Baby.